Welcome, 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 everybody. Football Scoop Podcast. Scott Roussel, I am back. Today, I'm joined by the one and only John Bryce. Best in the business covering college football, especially the SEC. A couple other big programs he's pretty good at as well. JB, today, I wanted to talk about Auburn. I think I think we need to. I think a lot of people are talking about Auburn um, and, frankly, talking about the dysfunction of Auburn. And we see it now. And we don't know all the reasons that Austin Davis is gone. We just know that we both started picking up messages. I think you got the first one and said, hey, what are you hearing about this um, over the weekend? And then I did some digging and started hearing some of the same things. And that was kind of just that Austin Davis had disappeared, so to speak. And um, then we started checking on it a lot more into Sunday. Um, by Sunday night around midnight, maybe just a hair before midnight, Zach Calzada, who just transferred to Auburn from Texas A&M, was tweeting just a bunch of ellipses um, as mm-hmm. if to say, what in the world is going on? So I believe last week he was uh, he no showed some recruiting visits. Auburn found that a little weird. Uh, I believe this past weekend he was uh, they were, they had a big you know on campus thing, and uh, and I don't think he showed up at that either. And uh, so he came in, had a meeting with Harson, and it, it appears his heart just isn't in recruiting. And I understand that. I don't understand that coming to light after you've taken the job. Although I'm not so sure a lot of these guys who've been in the NFL of late understand where college recruiting is these days. It's, it's a wear you out grind. It's brutal. Um, It's all hours of the day dealing with very young dudes and their families. And it's a lot, it's a lot, but Austin, um, his heart is not in recruiting. I don't, I don't see I don't see him being an effective college coach uh, with this current mindset anytime. So you would think he heads back to the NFL. Yeah, and I I think that's the goal uh, certainly for him. And he he had a professional career as a player for a while, and then had been coaching in the NFL. I think now the previous three seasons. Um, but you know, coaching life, NFL or college, both obviously has a lot of challenges. And um, again, he, he wasn't a 24, 25 year old who uh, slipped into a new full-time position and suddenly found that it was um, maybe a lot more than he expected. It's not the grind that so many GAs go through so many quality control guys and analysts that are doing it for 40 grand or 50 grand and working just absolutely monster hours. So um, he'll bounce back. He'll be fine from it. But uh, kind of like the coach that we talked about earlier in the year, the assistant coach who left his NFL team well before the season ended to return to college. When you make a move like that, you're signifying in that case, you're going back to college for a long time. In this case, I think uh, Austin Davis is signifying that he's going to try his wares in the NFL for as long as possible, because I, I don't see anybody wanting to be in a rush to hire him back uh, at the collegiate level after this. And um, again, we don't know everything that that transpired to make him not want to recruit. And look, you, you and I have both talked to people down on the plains who have made it clear. 
Ryan Harson doesn't really love the whole recruiting element either, especially uh, the way that things in the SEC right now are more Wild West than ever before. Um, but there's just a lot going on down on the plains when you when you point to Derek Mason leaving, other people that have left, uh, on and on and on. I'm 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 a big fan of if you're going to hire a coach who has been successful hire him and empower him to do what he's doing to continue to be successful. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan at all of hiring a guy and telling him, well, it's neat that you've been successful where you are, but you don't understand how we do it here. And we're, we're going to tell you who to hire and we're going to have you hire guys you've never worked with before. Cause we think that's best for, for our place. That, that just doesn't work. And you could see it all along. Um, you know, he, he, he brought half of his staff when he wanted to bring three quarters of his staff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he didn't, he wasn't initially going to bring Keysaw. He, he wants Keysaw. It, it's a level of comfort. It's, they know my system. Uh, it, the whole Bobo thing you just knew was not going to work out. I mean, I think everyone knew that was not going to work out and it yeah, didn't work out at all. Right. And um, I would, I would contend that, a lot of that was made because of how disjointed the entire Auburn search was a year ago. And the fact that that was a school that was not aligned on getting rid of Gus Malzahn in the first place. Um, and I don't think, I don't think Alan Green felt comfortable for a number of reasons being forced to make a move on Gus Malzahn. And um, number one, I think he wanted to, um, give Malzahn more time or a, another year to try and have a true bounce back year, um, even though they had had a very solid 2020 season. Um, I think he wanted to give him one more year. I also think that um, from a fiscal standpoint, uh, Alan Green was trying to be very responsible and not strike a match to literally $20 million within 60 days or whatever it was that went to Gus Malzahn. Maybe it was 18 million, 20 million, 22. I can't remember the exact figure. It was an insane number of burnt money within 60 days that had to be paid to Gus Malzahn. And I don't think from, from talking to people very close to Alan Green that that was something he was comfortable with. No, agreed. So bring me back to Auburn. How do they move forward? Because in this time of the transfer portal, you can, you can, you can pull things back together, but they need to pull it back together. Yeah. Um, and Look, you've got again. It's the SEC, so everything is magnified, and everything happens um, at at a different level than just about anywhere else in the country. And so, um, Lane Kiffin has uh, tweeted the meme of himself as the Portal King, and certainly uh, Brian Kelly and his new crew have done a really strong job in the transfer portal. Um, Texas A&M has had some success in the portal and put together a remarkable monster recruiting class. Um, Florida and Billy Napier have done a really good job in the portal. Um, I just think that, that Auburn is, um, Auburn is every bit as dysfunctional right now as what the university of Tennessee was about 12 to 18 to 24 months ago, uh, when things were completely spiraling, um, at the end of Philip Fulmer's tenure as athletics director and Jeremy Pruitt was uh, 
self-detonating as head coach and there were all these other issues. I think that's where Auburn is in a lot of ways right now when you look at Mike Bobo gone, Derek Mason gone, Tracy Rocker came a year ago and then was gone immediately. Uh, the, the wide receivers coach Williams, I think was his last name, Cornelius Williams maybe. He was gone within the first month of this past season. Um, there have been other movements. Now, look, Harson's made some, some really good hires for analysts and quality control people in recent weeks, getting Hartline, the former Kentucky. I think he's a bright offensive mind that can help. Uh, Joe Bernardi, the offensive line guy, has been at some big-time places, been in the SEC before. I think he can help. But I just think that that Auburn has a lot of dysfunction right now um, and that it's not fixing one thing. It's not just hiring an offensive coordinator. It's not just um, promoting from within for a defensive coordinator and now needing a D-line coach or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there that shows to me a clear lack of alignment on the planes. Yeah, so uh, I have I have thoughts on there. So in addition to the coaching staff, you know, they also lost Josh Thompson to Florida uh, football operations. Uh, Ryan Trichel just went to Missouri, you know, player personnel. They brought in Steve Ruzik. I think, I don't know if they've announced that or not, but that's Steve Ruzik's there as new player personnel. Uh, they lost other people in personnel. Uh, I mean, they he's making wholesale changes. And where I'm going is a little different than where I think you are. I actually think they're becoming more aligned, but it's they're becoming Harson aligned. And I think that's actually a good thing. <laughs> I don't know if they'll win, but I actually think it's a good thing. I think it's good they're all getting aligned. They have the building is coming together. Uh, they're not these various factions, you know, some that have been there before who know the old way. This is becoming Harson's building, and generally I think that's good. Hopefully it translates on the field. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you make very valid points. I think it's also the points that um, are, are, are also the points we would expect to have been made a year ago at the time he was hired, which you uh, very eloquently noted earlier. It was a, a very odd transition. Um, and so I just think because it was an odd transition to begin with and you didn't have people on the same page, even about getting rid of Gus Malzahn, certainly didn't have people on the same page as they were hiring Harson. As you well know, uh, Bill Clark was a finalist for that job and had a lot of support within the the state of Alabama. And people thought it might be going that direction. And then that, that whole deal fell apart. Um, so I just think that, um, a lack of a clear vision to begin with or a lack of uh, clear decisiveness to begin with in the transition from Gus Malzahn to Brian Harson has elongated this transition period to where we are today. And it's tough on the kids. So this means the kids are going to have a new offensive and defensive coordinator. Those kids that are in their third year are going to be in their third years of new coordinators on both sides of the ball. And I think that's incredibly significant. Then if you get lucky in the portal and you get some key guys, you're bringing in guys that are new to Auburn and new to you. And now they're picking up new systems there, but they've had other systems elsewhere. So I just think that um, all of these things, it might be painfully necessary for Auburn to get going in an aligned direction right now. But, again, my question is, at what cost and how much time do they have 
to get going in that direction. And I can tell you that uh, in speaking with coaches throughout the South over the last few days, um, unsolicited other SEC coaches have hit me up to say, bro, what in the world is going on at Auburn? How is this going to shake out? You know, they've got to win. Uh, and I think that's the bottom line. Look, if, if they win, we can revisit this podcast in, in 10 months and say, hey, you know what? It kind of looked like the sky was falling, but they found a way to lift the sky up. And um, if they don't win, then we can look back at this podcast in 10 months and say, well, the sky really was falling. Yeah. You know, so Bobo's out and they investigate Zach Hill coming in. That's who they really wanted to hire. Right. And and they, they do a lot of investigation. They say, you know, it's a little too hot with what's happening at Arizona State. So they, they don't pull the trigger there. Uh, then they hire Austin and everybody's kind of like, man, that's okay. <laughs> All right. What, what are we doing there? And then, you know, that, that obviously is falling apart. You think about what he did on defense uh, with Schmetting, you know, that's, that's Harson's guy on offense. He's got his guys there already. So I presume it's going to be Bedell, it's going to be Keys, it's going to be Harse, it's going to be their offense, if you know what I'm saying. So I don't know who they bring in next. I really don't. But I don't, but I assume it will be a system guy uh, or somebody who can help with recruiting tremendously because, you know, they, they continue to need that. If you look at what they're doing offensively recruiting wise, it's Harson and Keys going after a specific set. Um, you got Brad and you got um, Will Friend doing some very specific things. I don't know. I, I think they need a little offensive help recruiting, and I think they need to get continue to build Harson's system and stick with that. And you got to win with that. And I, you would think we'd know it, we'd see it in the first five, six, seven games. You know, can they get this figured out? Do they have the athletes? I presume the answer will be at the end of the day, they have the athletes. This is Auburn. They they're is an athlete factory, uh, but it remains to be seen. Yeah. And um, again, just like we're talking about everything in the SEC is hyper intensified, hyper magnified. Um, so Auburn finishes 16th or, or around there in the national recruiting rankings, but they're seventh in the SEC and, and fifth or so in the SEC West. Um They've got a huge non-conference game coming up this year at home against a um, a Penn State um, you, that's early in the season. So there's just so much there um, that's going to kind of magnify the pressure one direction or the other early in the season. Um, and again, it may be that they're a healthier, more unified spot when all this settles from a staff standpoint and from a vision standpoint, but it's a painful process to get there. And it's tougher to do that process going from year one to year two than when you're starting out in, in the zero year going into year one. Um, and I think that's what's, I think that's what's making people around the industry scratch their heads a fair bit and, and say, you know, what in the world is going on at Auburn? And that's literally among the texts I've gotten this week was from a direct competitor to Auburn in the SEC West that said, bro, what in the world is going on at Auburn? 
And I think that's what everybody's going to keep asking for the next several months. I agree. And, you know, it remains to be seen what happens on the field. I personally think they're going to be okay. I think, I think they're going to get this and pull it together and pull it in the right direction, but it remains to be seen long way to go. 15 guys in the transfer portal since mid November, I believe. I think I, but, I think I wrote that. But is that. that any different? Is that any different than the, uh, any than most other SEC schools? Maybe it's not. Um, I mean, certainly that's what where Tennessee was a year ago. Um, you had a ton in the transfer portal. Georgia just won a national championship and had like eight guys go in the transfer portal right after that. Um, but if you're if you're Auburn, you're okay being compared to to Georgia in in that regard. If you're Auburn, you don't want to be compared to Tennessee in that regard right now, where they are. Um, and so, again, I think it's not that different from what we're seeing in a lot of big time places right now. The difference is the change of things at Auburn and the lack of continuity from last year to this year. And then on top of that, 15 guys in the portal since November. So this isn't isolated to just this year. This isn't 15 guys in the portal because there's a transition right now. This is there's been a transition. Now there's been more transition at the two most important positions, assistant coaching positions, and now it's 15 guys in the portal. I just think it's all part of the equation, and I think that um, there's a lot stacked against Auburn for this coming year. All right, Jamie, so closing thoughts. I think we're on different sides. I think it's actually going to come together, and they're going to be competitive and be okay. And I know you're you're a little bit more leery than I am. Yeah, I mean – Look, they were competitive this past year. They were early in the year. I Very. think we were talking about Brian Harson being one of the SEC Coach of the Year candidates early in the year, and they gave Penn State on the road absolutely all Penn State could handle. And I thought it was a, a really impressive moment for Brian Harson and his establishing of his foundation at Auburn. Um, but we saw them sort of um, unravel a bit. As the season went on, even though they played Alabama incredibly well, it was still a loss. Um, they didn't look great in the bowl, on and on and on. Now you have 15 guys leave. You change those two positions. I'm not saying that holistically they're not going to be healthier from this, but it doesn't matter if they don't put together wins and losses, more wins on the field this fall. On Twitter, he's at John D. Bryce one I'm at Football Scoop. We will revisit this maybe later this summer, definitely in the fall. Look forward to hearing from our friends on the Plains. Uh, if you enjoyed the, the pod, like, share, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, all that good fun stuff. FootballScoop.com. Everybody have a great day.